So how many people in this audience have a clear vision of their future? You see, you think 60 to 70,000 thoughts in one day. Out of those 60 to 70,000 thoughts that you think in one day, 90% of those thoughts are the same thoughts as the day before. So if you believe that your thoughts somehow are connected to your life, then the same thoughts always lead to the same choices. The same choices always lead to the same behaviors. The same behaviors create the same experiences, and the same experiences produce the same emotions. And those very same emotions drive the very same thoughts. And your biology, your neurocircuitry, your neurochemistry, your neurohormones, and even your genetic expression is equal to how you think, how you act, and how you feel. And how you think, how you act, and how you feel is called your personality. And your personality creates your personal reality. That's it. So then, if you wanted to create a new personal reality, a new life, then you would have to start thinking about what you've been thinking about and change it. You would have to become aware of your unconscious thoughts and observe them. You would have to pay attention to your automatic habits and behaviors and modify them. And you would have to look at the emotions you live by every single day that are connected to your past and decide if those emotions belong in your future. You see, most people try to create a new personal reality as the same personality and it doesn't work. You literally have to become someone else. So your brain is organized to reflect everything you know in your life. Your brain is a record of the past. It's an artifact of all the things you've learned and experienced to this moment. So if you wake up every morning and get out of bed on the same side, shut the alarm clock off with the same finger, shuffle into the bathroom and use the toilet like you always do, go and get a cup of coffee and drink coffee out of your favorite mug, then get in the shower and wash yourself off in the same routine way, drive to work, get to work, see the same people that push the same emotional buttons, do the same things that you've memorized and do so well, then hurry up and go home, and hurry up and check your emails, and hurry up and check your Facebook, and then watch your favorite television show, then hurry up and go to bed. Here's my question. Did your brain change at all that day? We could say that you were thinking the same thoughts, performing the same unconscious actions, living by the same emotions, but secretly expecting your life to change. So there's a principle in neuroscience. And the principle says 
Nerve cells that fire together wire together. So if you're thinking the same thoughts, making the same choices, demonstrating the same behaviors, reproducing the same experiences that stamp the same networks of neurons into the same patterns, and then produce the same emotions, you're going to hardwire your brain into a very finite signature. Because as you fire and wire the same circuits in the same way, those circuits begin to become more connected. And by the time you're 35 years old, this is science now, we become a set of memorized behaviors, unconscious habits, automatic emotional reactions, beliefs and perceptions, and even attitudes that function just like a computer program. And if you do something over and over and over again, the repetition of those actions over time conditions your body to know how to do it well, better than your mind. And a habit is when your body knows better than your mind, where you've done something so many times that the body now knows how to do it better than the brain. And so 95% of most people's behaviors, attitudes, thoughts, beliefs, emotional reactions are subconscious programs. So why is that important? Because you're here this week to learn new information. And every time you learn something new, you make new connections in your brain. That's what learning is. Learning is forging new synaptic connections. Physical evidence as a result of your interaction in the environment and the footprints of consciousness is called learning, making new connections. And the Nobel Prize laureate Kandel in the year 2000 found that when people learned one bit of information, they doubled the number of connections in their brain from 1,300 connections to 2,600 connections. But if they didn't review that information, if they couldn't repeat it, if they couldn't remember it, those circuits pruned apart in hours or days. So if learning is making new synaptic connections, then remembering is maintaining and sustaining those connections. And you are here this week to learn vital information about creating a future and be defined by a vision of the future instead of the memories of the past. Because if you are not defined by some vision that is bigger than you and you are not passionate about that vision, then you're left with the old hardware of the past in your brain and you will be predictable in your life. So would you agree then? New thoughts, new information should lead to new choices. New choices should lead to new behaviors. And new behaviors should create new experiences. And new experiences should produce new emotions. And those new emotions should drive new thoughts. And that's called evolution. So if your brain is a record of the past, 
and you don't have a vision of the future, then you are living in the past. And you will never arrive at that new future. How many people understand what I'm talking about? So now, feelings and emotions are the end product of past experiences. And you can remember experiences better because you can remember how they feel. And when you're in the midst of an experience, all of your senses plug you into the environment. And as you're gathering all of this vital data from your external world, all that information rushes back to your brain and it causes jungles of neurons to organize themselves into networks. The moment those neurons string into place, the brain makes a chemical, and that chemical is called a feeling or an emotion. And once you feel that emotion, you create a long-term memory. Now reason this with me. If feelings and emotions are the end product of past experiences, and you are feeling the same way every single day, doesn't that mean nothing new is happening in your life? And if those feelings and emotions drive certain thoughts, and you can't think greater than how you feel, because you had events in your life that have branded you emotionally, and you feel sadness or guilt or shame or unworthiness or insecurity, all of those emotions are created from past experiences. And when you feel those emotions, and those emotions drive certain thoughts, and then those thoughts make certain chemicals for you to feel the same emotion, and then those emotions drive certain thoughts, the repetition of that cycle then conditions the body to memorize that emotional state better than the mind. And now your body literally is in the past. Because if you can't think greater than how you feel, then you are thinking in the past. And so most people then spend the majority of their life talking about why they never arrive at their vision of the future because of some past experience. And so if feelings and emotions are the end product of past experiences, you remember your first kiss, you remember your wedding, you remember the birth of your children, you remember catching a fish off the coast of Manzanillo with your three best friends, because you caught the fish and it was a new experience and you felt great. And then you went to the casita and you cooked the mahi-mahi and you drank Sauvignon Blanc and the wind was blowing off the sea and the sun was setting and you made a long-term memory. But you also have memories that are connected to trauma and crisis, to disappointments. And those are the memories that people remember more than anything else. And so if you haven't overcome some emotion that keeps you anchored to the past, then you tell a story about the past. And people say, I am this way because of this experience that happened to me 15 years ago. 
I am this way because of some event that happened 30 years ago. And from a biological perspective, it means I haven't been able to change in the last 15 or 30 years. And Scientific American, a prestigious magazine, says that 50% of what you talk about in your past isn't even the truth. You make it up. Because you don't have the same brain that you did 15 years ago or 30 years ago. So then your brain and body are typically in the past because thoughts are the language of the brain and feelings are the language of the body. And how you think and how you feel creates your state of being. So if you think insecure thoughts, in a matter of seconds, you are going to feel insecure. The moment you feel insecure, your brain is monitoring how you're feeling and you think more insecure thoughts, which then makes you feel more insecure. And the repetition of that cycle conditions the body to become the mind of insecurity. And then the person says, I am insecure. And whenever you say, I am anything, you are commanding your mind and body into a destiny. So then how do people change? They wait for crisis, trauma, disease, diagnosis, loss. Something has to go wrong in their life where they feel so uncomfortable that they finally make up their mind to change. And why is that? Because after the trauma or the crisis, they don't feel like of themselves. And the moment they don't feel like themselves, they could actually observe themselves. Because they're looking at themselves through the eyes of someone else. But my message is, why wait? You can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering, or you can learn and change in a state of joy and inspiration. So then, if your brain is a record of the past, and you are living by the same emotions that have defined you for the last 10 years, and you keep thinking the same thoughts that make the same chemicals, and those same chemicals drive the same thoughts, then your body, as the unconscious mind, does not know the difference between an actual experience in your life that creates an emotion and an emotion that you're creating by thought alone. And so your body is believing it's in the same past experience 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. And your body is programmed into the past. And you can't create a new future holding on to the emotions of the past. How many people understand what I'm talking about? So then, when you react to someone or something in your life, you have a choice that when an event changes how you feel, there's a chemical change that's taking place in your body. And most people don't think they can control their emotional reactions. 
And so then, when you react to some coworker or some relative or somebody in traffic, the moment you react emotionally, you are altered chemically. And if you don't know how to control your emotional reaction after that event, and you allow those emotions to linger for hours or days, you know what that's called? That's called a mood. Hey, Juanito, what's wrong with you? Oh, I'm in a mood. Really? Why are you in a mood? Well, this thing happened to me four days ago, and I'm having one long emotional reaction. And if you keep that same refractory period going on for weeks or months, that's called a temperament. Hey, why is she so angry? I don't know. Why are you so angry? Why are you so bitter? Why are you so enchilada? <laughs> because I had this experience seven months ago and I'm memorizing my emotional reaction. And if you keep that same refractory period going on for years on end, that's called a personality trait. And people wear their emotions on their sleeve and that's who they think they are. And they will talk about the past to validate why they're not creating the life that they want. So then if you wake up in the morning, Mexico City, and you are not being defined by a vision that's bigger than you, and it doesn't get you out of bed and inspire you into possibility, and you get up living from the old hardware of the past and the old emotions stored in your body, do you know what's going to happen to you? You're going to wake up and you're going to open your eyes and you're going to see the same people and go to the same places and do the exact same thing at the exact same time. And the moment you open your eyes, all of a sudden now, it's your external environment that's controlling how you think and feel. Because you have a neurological network in your brain for every person you know, every place that you go, everything that you own, everything that you do. And the moment you open your eyes and you see the same people and go to the same places and do the exact same thing at the exact same time, it's your external environment that's turning on different circuits in your brain, causing you to think equal to everything that you know. And you told me you believe that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny. And as long as you're th thinking equal to your environment, you keep creating the same life. To change, to truly change, is to think greater than your environment, to think greater than the circumstances in your life, to think greater than the conditions in your world. And every great person in history knew this, whether it was Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, the Wright brothers, Joan of Arc. They all had a vision couldn't see it, couldn't smell it, couldn't taste it, couldn't feel it, but it was alive in their mind. 
It was so alive in their mind that they began to live as if that future reality was happening in the present moment. So here's my question. Can you believe in a future that you can't see or experience with your senses yet, but you've thought about enough times in your mind that your brain is literally changed to look like the event has already occurred. The latest research in neuroscience says you can change your brain from living in the past to living in the future. And can you fall in love with that vision to such a degree that you come out of your resting state and change guilt or suffering into inspiration and joy and gratitude? to such a degree that your body as the unconscious mind does not know the difference between that external event and what you're creating internally so that your body believes it's living in that future in the present moment and you begin to signal new genes in new ways to change your body to look like the event has already occurred. The latest research in epigenetics says you can change your body by thought alone. Now reason this with me. If there's physical evidence in your brain and body to look like the event has already occurred, your brain and body are no longer living in the past. They're living in the future. And you will walk right into your vision Most people in this audience, all of you, have done something great in your life. You all have. Now reason this. You woke up one day or you had a wild thought out of nowhere. And that thought was a possibility in the future. Something new you wanted to experience. And the moment you started thinking about this experience, The moment you started contemplating this potential reality, you turned on a part of your brain called the frontal lobe, the crowning achievement of the human being. It's 40% of your entire brain. It is the creative center. And it has connections to all other parts of the brain. And the moment you said, what would it be like to be a leader? What would it be like to be successful? What would it be like to have this vision come true? The moment you asked that open-ended question, you turned on this part of the brain. Because the rest of the brain is just a bunch of automatic programs. And now the frontal lobe, the creative center, wakes up. And it has connections to the entire brain. It's the CEO. It's the boss. It's the symphony leader of the brain. And the moment you get creative, the frontal lobe begins to select different networks of neurons that are stored in your brain from things you've learned or experienced. And as you begin to think a what-if question, it begins to select these different networks and begins to seamlessly piece them together and making your brain fire in new sequences and in new patterns and new combinations. And whenever you make your brain work differently, you're changing your mind because mind is the brain in action. Mind is the brain at work. 
And the moment those neurons fire in tandem, you get a picture in your mind, a hologram, a vision, an abstraction. And for those people who are passionate, that thought that they're thinking begins to create an elevated emotion. They become inspired. They feel enthusiastic, in theos, filled with God. They become passionate. They started to open their hearts. And all of a sudden, they're combining a clear intention with an elevated emotion. And it's the combination of a clear intention and an elevated emotion in our research over and over again that proves then the person now is changing fundamentally, changing biologically, changing internally. And their brain and body are moving from living in the past into living in the future. How many people are still with me? Yes? So then think about this. <clears throat> when you do that, when you had that moment, you came out of your resting state, and then you started to write down all the things you were going to do to get to that vision all the choices you were going to make, all of the experiences or goals you wanted to achieve, and all of the emotions and the joy you would feel. And when you were doing that, you were setting your sights towards that destiny. And then you did something really brilliant. You wrote down the choices you weren't going to make you became aware of the behaviors you weren't going to demonstrate. You began to review certain experiences you wanted to stay away from. And then you looked at the emotions that would bring you to a lower level. And you began to separate the old self from the new self. And when you begin to do that, and you're observing the old self, it means you're no longer the program. Now you're the consciousness observing the program. And that's when you begin to objectify your subjective self. Now reason this. Let's say you've had some pretty rough experiences in your past. And those experiences caused you to feel sad and unworthy and guilty and judgmental. And you've gotten so used to feeling guilty and unworthy and judgmental that that's just feels normal to you. And then because you feel kind of victimized, then you blame people and you complain and you make excuses and you feel sorry for yourself. And that's your personality. And all of a sudden you say, today, I'm not going to do that any longer because that's the old self. And then you start off your day, and it goes really well for about two hours. And then all of a sudden, the moment you realize that you're no longer making the same choices as the day before, you are going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel unfamiliar. It's going to be uncertain. There's going to be some unpredictability. 
And we now know that people would rather hold on to their guilt and unworthiness than to step into the unknown because at least they can feel something. And so the moment you stop making the same choices that you always make, get ready because it's going to be uncomfortable. And that's the moment you're heading towards the new self. And we call it stepping into the river of change. But now, remember, 95% of who you are is your body as the mind. You know, you've done something enough times that your body does it better than your brain. So you may actually complain unconsciously because your body does it all the time. And all of a sudden you say, no complaining, no more blaming, no more feeling sorry for myself, no more talking about other people, I'm going to stop. You know what happens, don't you? The body starts sending signals to the brain. The body's been conditioned that way. And all of a sudden, you start hearing the thoughts in your head that say, why don't you start tomorrow? Tomorrow's a better day. This is too hard for me. I can't change. Something's wrong with me. It's my mother's fault. It's my ex-husband's fault. It's my ex-wife's fault. I'm this way because of this event, or the most important one, this doesn't feel right. And the moment you respond to that thought as if it's true, that thought leads to the same choice, which leads to the same behavior that creates the same experience, that produces the same emotion, and the person says, this feels right. That feels familiar. Going from the old self to the new self, stepping into that void, stepping into that uncertainty, is the biological, the neurological, the chemical, the hormonal genetic death of the old self. And people will say to us, well, in that unknown, I can't predict my life or my future. And we always say the same thing to them the best way to predict your future is to create it, not from the known, but from the unknown. And when you and I get comfortable in the place of the unknown, that's where the magic happens, and it never happens in the known. So then, you are here this week as entrepreneurs. An entrepreneur, in the definition, if you read the definition of entrepreneur, there's one thing that's consistent in every definition, and that is individuals willing to take a risk, stepping into the unknown, being defined by a vision of the future instead of the memories of the past. So if you don't have your vision clear in your mind by the end of this week, all of this information is philosophy. It's theory. It's intellectual data that's stored in your thinking brain. But there'll be a certain percentage of people in this room that will apply this information, that will personalize it, that will demonstrate it. And those people who learn the information and store it in their brain and can repeat it, those people who start thinking about what they're going to do with it, as they begin to think about what they're going to do with it, they begin to install the neurological hardware in their brain, priming them to a new future.
And when you take all of this information and you say, how am I going to apply it to my life? And you get your behaviors to match your intentions. You get your actions equal to your thoughts. You've listened to great leaders. You've gotten specific information about success. You understand what it is, what emotional intelligence is and how it is to change a culture and you start applying it to your life, if you're able to do it, you are going to have a new experience. And that new experience is going to enrich the circuits in your brain, because that's what experience does, and then you're going to 